One never knows when that aha moment will move you to a second act in life. Welcome to Reset. 40 is the new happy, a podcast series that celebrates those who create new paths to fulfillment. I'm Mike Morin. So a sip of wine in Connecticut was enough to get the ball rolling for Diane Carter's idea for a new business, which would mean eventually leaving a prosperous position with Fidelity Investments. Before long, New England Uncorked was born as a source to sample and buy wines made in New England. Not only did Diane need to educate herself about wine, but today she educates wine drinkers about the sometimes little-known and underappreciated wines of New England. So, Diane, let's start from the beginning, your corporate life. Fidelity, what did you do there? I was in information security. I uh, built databases for them and supported applications. Um, That's basically the gist of it. Um, I built a database for them that um, incorporated roles uh, so that when somebody came into a new role, they um, were given certain permissions throughout the network. So that 10-year anniversary visit to Mystic, Connecticut with your husband turned out to be quite the life changer. Tell me about that. Yeah, so we were actually on a weekend trip down to Mystic, and we stumbled on um, a winery that I hadn't heard of called Jonathan Edwards Winery, and uh, we decided to stop. It was a Friday afternoon, a beautiful day, and we decided to stop and have a glass of wine. So we went in, and we saw this beautiful old farmhouse that was renovated into this beautiful wine-tasting room and winery, and we sat out in the back porch, and I had a glass of Gewurztraminer, and I was just blown away. I just couldn't believe um, that I hadn't had this before and, and why um, we, ha- I mean, we have a lot of local uh, New Hampshire wines in New Hampshire, but why didn't we have this in New Hampshire? So I sat back in my chair and I looked at my husband and I said, um, I think I know what I need to do. So was it a combination of just just the, the joy of being with your husband, the beautiful weather, the great wine, the scenery? Do you think that played into, into the mindset that made you really want to be a part of something like this? Well, I mean, I had been getting a wine education for some time uh, on the side. And I had been asked by so many of my colleagues if I would ever do anything with it, and I really didn't think that I would. I just thought that was um, just for my own satisfaction and and uh, having a piece of myself, you know, because I do have two small children, and every mother knows that you need to have a piece of yourself. And so um, I think that I just it just hit me in that moment, kind of like a lightning bolt, you know, um, that that wasn't the case. I really needed to do something with it, and this was what I needed to do. Your story reminds me a little bit of Amy LaBelle's. As you may know, she was on vacation in Nova Scotia, stopped and had some blueberry wine, and that was her aha moment. So you just never know when the lightning bolt is going to come down from the sky. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's funny. I guess we do have a similar story, although I'm sure she's a lot more successful than I am at this point. She's done a great job. Um, but it, that's exactly what it is. It's just that it's a moment. It just it just suddenly like an epiphany. It's like a, an aha moment when, you know, you just realize what you were meant to do. So how long after that aha moment did you start planning your exit strategy or realize that you were there was no going back? It was immediate. It was immediate. I just knew that that's what I had to do. Of course, I took my time about it. Um, I took some time to um, to study the laws in New Hampshire and um, to to um, make sure that I knew what I was doing and that I was doing the right thing and 
Um, I think I actually did know that I was doing the right thing. It was just a matter of how I would go about doing that and doing it the right way. Um, and so I sat with um, some people who were in the industry and I um, did a lot of self-teaching. And there's a lot of camaraderie in this industry and there were some people who were very willing to help out and gave me a lot of their time. And then, you know, I think that, and the other thing I did was um, I, I left Fidelity and I took a part-time morning job in technology to help me to sort of transition over so that it wouldn't be such a financial shock. Um, and then, so it's about a year later that I actually, you know, both feed in. So um, explain the niche that you've carved for yourself uh, as the creator and owner of New England, New England Uncorked, a purveyor of wines. This is sort of a business model I'd not heard of before. That's because there isn't one. Oh. I'm the only one who does what I do. I, I'm the only one, I'm not the only broker, of course, there are several in New Hampshire, but I'm the only one who focuses solely on regional wines. Of course, I don't, I don't um, sell, I don't carry New Hampshire product because they all self-distribute, but um, other states in New England and just getting the word out there about uh, cold climate grapes um, and that we have a lot of really terrific product right here in New England. And so many people have this, um, this uh, perception um, that we don't have great wine here and that you know they just would prefer to have wines from other regions, California, France, Italy, Argentina. Um, but we have great product right here in New England as well. So are you saying that I couldn't go to Massachusetts and find somebody there that was brokering for wines in other states the way you are in New Hampshire for other states? Well, you'd find people that were brokering for them, but not solely. So I am the sole, the, the, the sole products that I carry are regional wines. I don't carry California. I don't carry um, anything from any other countries. I don't import from other countries. So it's all regional product. All right. So... I guess it would be intuitive for me to think or to ask that, gee, New Hampshire liquor and wine outlets would be an easy destination for you, but uh, you, after what I read, very wisely chose to not go that route. Tell me why. New England wines are, are well, the most, they're all boutique wineries. Uh, they don't mass produce like other regions um, because there, there are a lot of fairly new wineries. They're young. They're, um, they're just smaller scale. And they cater to the people who come who come in as tourists and want to sample local product. So um, that being said, I really can't. Um, it's not it's not a good idea to put them in the state stores because they would require the state would require mass production and large volumes, and we can't do that. The other reason I don't do that is because the England wines are really a hand sell at this point. We have the stigma that. We don't have great product here, and so I go to various wine shops and restaurants, and I, I um, sell the products to these people, and then I go in and I open bottles and I pour for their customers. And you, there's nothing better than watching someone who has an idea that they're not going to like what they taste, and then they taste it, and their eyes open wide, and they just they say, wow, why haven't I had this before? The same moment I had when I was in Connecticut. So where does this perception come from that, uh, and I probably am guilty of it as well, that there can't be that many great wines produced here? Is it a reputation that's deserved because at one time the wine was bad? Or what is it? Are we just wine snobs and we think if it's not from France or it's not from California, it's no good? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because California once had the same stigma. And if you've ever heard of the movie Bottle Shock or the story behind Bottle Shock, um, 
France had felt the same way about California wines, and they were sort of being, as you say, wine snobs, and they couldn't believe, um, long story short, they couldn't believe that California wines actually won in a blind tasting. Um, we're sort of going through that same growth, and I think that at some point we're going to get to the same kind of reputation that California has. A lot of people will hear that and say, no way, but I don't believe that. I think that um, we have some terrific product, and people just need to have more of an open mind um, about it and, you know, and give them a try, you know. You need some movies made about the wine industry here, like uh, Sideways or the one that you mentioned. Right. Well, I think that we have experienced East Coast Bottle Shock to some extent. We just had um, a white from Connecticut win double gold at an international competition in California. So, you know, it's starting to happen. I think that, and, and there's another um, article also I wanted to mention just recently um, that mentioned Shelburne Vineyard in Vermont as being the up-and-coming number one winery. So, you know, I mean, it's starting to happen. You're starting to see more out there, and, you know, you just need to spread the word and well if that's the case you know you're in on the ground floor of this and and it could really be good obviously that's your thought <laughs> well it's my hope yeah. you know and and um, I'm hoping that we just see more wineries coming up that we see them being a little bit more patient with the product and giving it more time to mature and before they get it out there on the shelves and and I think that there's there's a lot of different things that can be done but I think that we're on the right road so talk to me about response that you got, especially early on when you were just starting the business. You'd walk into a restaurant or uh, a retail outlet and make your pitch. What was reaction back then? Well, at first it was a matter of cold calling these people. And, you know, I've, I've had some experience with that in my past, so I'm not afraid to do it. And I'm not afraid of no. And you do get a lot of no. Um, I, I still get that today. But you just keep motoring past and you keep trying and you never give up. And... You know, once you get the product in front of people, and I've had I've had some um, wine shop owners say, you know, I'll I'll give you a try, but I'm not I know I'm going to tell you right now I'm not going to like what you have, and then you get it in front of them, and they say, these are really great. We're going to help you. We're going to bring them in, and it's the best moment. Wow. Uh, just briefly, uh, you are also venturing into spirits, correct? And these are all non-New Hampshire spirit products. Actually, no, I did have a New Hampshire, uh, a new distiller, um, Gin Spirits in Nashua, reach out to me and ask me to represent them um, on premise, so in restaurants. And I think that that's a great, a great thing to do. So yes, I'm going to do that as well. And um, so I will start, you will see me start carrying more, um, more local spirits. All right, so the question is, will there be a bricks and mortar store in your future with wines, spirits, upscale foods, nice cheeses and things. Have you given any thought to that? I have given thought to that. I have to tell you my initial thought um, when I was thinking about jumping into the wine industry was that I would open a shop. And I thought better of it because, as I said, I do have two small children and it would really tie me down at this point. Um, it's not a good time for that. But the thought is lingering in the back of my mind and I have looked at some real estate in different parts of the state and thought, you know, wouldn't it be something grand to see New England wines or the House of New England wines here? Um, but it's something I'm standing back on right now and, you know, we'll see what the future brings. So the final question, Diane, is uh, 
you know, you like most of my other guests are people that have just completely gone all in on their dreams, which you are doing clearly. Uh, so what do you say to somebody that's thinking about, they're on the fence, they want to do it, maybe they're inspired by your words. What can you say to encourage them? Don't wait till tomorrow. It never comes. Do it now. Um, you're only here once. I say that all the time. You have this one chance and you need to do what, what you're here to do and what makes you happy. So I say um, do what it takes. Pay attention to the lightning bolt, right? That's right. Yeah, well, you know, a lightning bolt is something you don't ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Carter, founder and owner of New England Uncorked. Thanks, Diane. Thank you very much for having me, Mike.